Currently, our total AUM, I think, is around 25, 27 million. Okay, so 27 million. And uh, so, I mean, obviously, you can take 1% of that. It's $270,000 that you guys make annually. Yep. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is John Blatcher-Giannis. He's a serial entrepreneur. This is his third startup. Got acquired for a 17x return to investors uh, on his first company. He loves making companies with a little bit of funding, tons of freedom, and small teams. He's an active angel investor, organizer of many tech meetups in LA, and still writes code on his current company, agentrisk.com, where they let machine learning manage their investments so they can keep building cool stuff. John, you ready to take us to the top? Of course, yeah. All right. So first off, what was the third startup that you sold? So the name was Backsense. We were doing mobile error reporting and analytics. Okay, so this plays in kind of the Rainforest QA space, Sauce Lab space, this kind of automated testing. It was mostly error reporting. Like when your application was crashing, we had an SDK that was collecting data and sending it back to the developers. I see. Okay, very good. So that company, what year did you sell it? Uh, We sold it for a 17X. The public company that acquired us never disclosed the actual money. But the whole team made some pretty good. Well, no, no. What, what year was that? When did you sell it? Uh, 90, uh, 2014. 2014. Okay. And you had met, how much did, the, did your company raise before you sold? That's a very interesting question. We only raised $100,000. Okay. So when you say that your startup got a 17x return to your investors, that's pretty easy when you've only raised $100,000, right? You just got to return $1.7 Great return, by the way. Not undercutting you. Great return. But but doesn't necessarily mean that you got really rich from that. Uh, how did you manage you and your your you know your founding team, your early employees getting liquidity? Uh, so it was it wasn't that easy because we only gave ten percent to the original investors. They only put one hundred k, and then we broke even after I think six to seven months. So ninety percent of the company was was to us, to the founders, or to the to the you know to the engineers. How many were, founders were there? We were two founders and we were in total nine engineers. So the whole team was like 11 people. Okay. So 11 people total. And again, if you raised 100K and got your investors a 17X return, that means their 10% portion of the company, they got 1.7 million back from, which would imply a sale price of something like 17 million total. Uh, Is that basically right? Yep. Yep. Very good. So why you should be on a cruise ship somewhere, relaxing, doing nothing, right? Well, why not go take a long sabbatical? Why jump back into the startup space? 
So I went and worked for the company that acquired us for like three and a half years. And it was amazing because it was in Silicon Valley and everything. But I got super bored. I wanted to build something new. So this I was Splunk, by the way, right? That acquired you? Oh, exactly. Yes, this was Splunk. Uh, so I got a little bit bored and I decided to do another company. Sadly, I cannot sit in one place and do nothing. So I have to keep building stuff. That's so funny. Okay, so when did you launch Agent Risk? Officially, we we started beta testing it in 2015, like with uh, some friends of ours and previous investors. And we launched it in 2018, like we opened it to the public. Okay, so you write the first line of code in 2015. When did you get your first paying customer? The first paying customer, 2018. Yeah. Okay, got it. So 2015. Okay, so you did three years there. How much money did you guys sink in the company before you got your first dollar revenue? Uh, because we were doing it mostly part-time, uh, let's say that nobody was getting paid. So I just put like 10K to start the company, to do through all the legalities. Because the thing with the, with investment is that you have to be regulated. So I had to pass the exams. I'm a registered financial advisor. That took a lot of, a lot of time. Then we had to find a compliance officer. So the first... Two or three years, you need a track record in the investment business. They don't care if you are a successful entrepreneur. They need a track record. So what was the number? About how much did you guys invest? Uh, originally, we started with like 10K. We put another 50K. And then we had the previous investors putting more money. And currently, we raised more than a million dollars. Okay. But again, between 2015 and 2018, how much capital did you spend? $10,000. Yeah. Okay. How do you support a team over three years with just $10,000 going out? Got a very successful exit, as I said. Before. Well, that doesn't that, well that doesn't mean anyone gets money. I mean, when you hire new employees in the new company, they don't get any of that money. So we didn't hire any new any new employees. So the employees from the previous company, most of them came to the new company. So we they knew that hey, we had a successful exit. Let's keep doing it. Okay. Did you have to pay? You must have had to pay to go get your broker's license and put yourself through all these tests. Um, no, you don't need a broker license. We're an investment company, so you only need the investment advisor's uh, license. And with 10K, you can you just read, you just need to study and just get okay. It. So you filed tax returns in 2015, 2016, up through 2018. You're telling me if I go look at those tax returns, I'm only going to see across all those years a total of ten thousand dollars of money spent. Yep. Okay. Uh, then fast forward to today. You said you raised a million dollars total. Uh-huh. Okay. And what are, so break, break down kind of like what a customer pays for. So can you talk about a customer that's paying you right now? Of course. So a customer, he only pays uh, the, a fee, a 1% fee of assets under management. He doesn't need to spend anything else. Okay. And give me an example of a customer. Uh, usually customers are from uh, Silicon Valley. There are successful entrepreneurs that have also uh, a successful exit or a very successful business. And they don't like the traditional wealth managers and they want something like uh, it's backed by quantitative uh, uh, by quantitative finance, mathematics, and machine learning. So, John, I mean, are you replacing family offices or like Charles Schwab? So family offices, no Charles Schwab. We're okay, got it. So how many, how many individuals have, you know, have at least called a million dollars with you? How many customers do you have? So currently we have more than 23 customers. Okay. Uh, we started uh, acquiring customers beginning of 2019, like uh, promoting the service. And we also started the B2B service to offer our services to other wealth managers and financial advisors. Okay. What makes you more, but they all pay just 1% of AUM. Yep. Okay. So, and there's 23. How many of those 23 are directly wealthy individuals versus someone else you've licensed the tech to? Uh, no, no, these 23 are only the B2C, are only the actual I customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't have any B2B customers yet? 
we have five but are in the beta version of the product. The product is still in like heavy development. Ignoring all the beta stuff across these 23 folks, how, what's your total AUM as a company? Currently, our total AUM, I think, is around 25, 27 million. Okay, so 27 million. And uh, so, I mean, obviously, you can take 1% of that. That's $270,000 that you guys make annually? Yep. Okay. So, I mean, how do you scale this? You need to get up to like, you know, billions in AUM. And not really, because as I said, our teams are extremely, extremely small and efficient. So currently the team is, uh, has eight people and our break-even point is, I think, around 100 million. Okay. Which, if you do the calculations, which I'm pretty sure that you're doing right now, it's... Well, well, when you say break-even, so how much are you burning today per month? Currently, we're bre- we are burning $23,000. Okay, I mean, so not horrible. Uh, you, when did you raise that million? Um, like... Six months ago. Six yeah, months so you ago. have you have cash. You have plenty of runway, right? Yeah, yeah. Folks, as you know, 2020 continues to deliver surprise after surprise after surprise. We're not sure where we're living. We're not sure where we're going back to work. Everything's sort of up in the air, which means getting things done digitally is what's most important. In fact, we're very excited. We're launching a new podcast based of our dealer bust format, and I needed a quick way to get some designs done for the logo. So I used Fiverr. And the reason I use Fiverr is because it's not worth it for me to pay a full-time designer three or 4,000 bucks a month to join our GitLacka team full-time. So I use Fiverr to knock this sort of stuff out quickly. We also, as you know, do a lot of data, data processing, and podcast editing, which Fiverr enables me to do very quickly. I put in the task and I can find talent that can do what I'm looking for instantly. I customize by search, deadline, price, seller reviews are probably the ones I use the most, and a lot of other factors. There's just no guessing games and it's very, very quick. I encourage you guys to check out Fiverr.com and receive 10% off your first order today by using my code TOP. T-O-P. Find all the digital services you need in one place at F-I-V-E-R-R dot com code top. Again, that's Fiverr.com code top. Now, did you have to set up a board when you raised that money? Um, no, because the money were raised by previous investors and from customers. Customers that love the service and like, hey, I want to put some money in the company. Okay, got it. Uh, what's the team today? So eight people. How many are engineers? Uh, seven of them are engineers and one compliance officer. Okay. So no one doing sales. Nope. So how are you getting customers today? Uh, through word of mouth and the founders, me and Alex are doing the sales, you know, the handholding and all stuff uh, like that, but we don't have an official sales team and the previous company never had a sales uh, team either. And we had 40,000 customers in the company that got acquired. So I strongly believe in small teams, very efficient with a huge SaaS presence. I don't like like the sales. That last company though, what was the average price point that customers paid per month? So the average price point per month, it was uh, like $3,000, something like that. And we had plans starting from $19,000. So you had 40,000 customers paying 3,000 a month? Yep. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. That, that would be $120 million in monthly recurring revenue. So the thing is that we still get, we are getting customers where the average was 3,000. We had some customers for 19, another customer that had $100,000. So it was, it was a huge long tail and a, cap, and a couple of customers that had a lot of, a lot of money. Yeah, but what, what, what do you think the average customer paid per month or per year? Uh, per year, per year actually is a little bit, is a little bit easier. I could say the medium, the medium is a little bit better because the average, you know, skews a little bit. So I would say the medium would be like, 
don't know, 20, ah, 50 bucks, something like that. 50 bucks a year? Yeah, uh, sorry, sorry, 50 bucks per month for the medium. Okay, got it. So yes, yeah, about 600 per year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 600 per year times 40,000 customers. That's a $24 million a year business. Yep. That's about what it was? Yep, yep, yep. And, and you you built all that just on $100,000 raised? Yep. Any debt? Uh, no, we only raised uh, the $100,000, no debt. The, of course, the problem, the challenge we had with the previous companies is that the space was getting super crowded. So we were getting squeezed out by companies that raised hundreds of millions of dollars. We had, uh, we were the second most uh, useful second most used platform after Google Analytics and uh, Google Error Reporting, but we saw that we're getting squeezed out and our goal was to go after the big customers, which were more difficult. So we had the long tail, but it was difficult to break into the bigger sales. So we decided to partner with Splunk when they acquired us and go and use their sales team to go after the bigger, the bigger companies. But John, is it true to say you're doing about $24 million in a run rate when you sold? We hadn't, we were closing to that. I think we were close to like, I don't know, 14, 16. We had turn rate, we had a lot of partnerships and we were giving a lot of discounts at that moment. So we have like one year discount. We're doing all stuff like that. But why did you sell? So let's say it was 16 million. I mean, you told me earlier you sold for about 17 million. That's just like one X AR. I mean, that's not that great. I mean, you, it did well for you guys, by the way, because you were basically bootstrapped, but it's, it's not a great multiple for a SaaS company. Why didn't you get a bigger multiple? So I was thinking about it. The problem is that uh, we saw a huge opportunity in the company that, we, that would acquire us. We knew that the salaries that we're going to get were huge. We're like seven digits. We're going, we're, we're going to be able to be directors in a huge public company. And at that point, we were like 12 Greeks, like almost 10 Greeks and some people like we needed to come here in the U.S. We needed all the structure. We needed, you know, the, uh, the big company to take care of us and help us break into bigger businesses. So at that moment, and it, it seemed amazing. And I think we did a very good choice because after that, the space was really shaky. Like other companies like start going down. Like what? Name one or two. Uh, so Crosslytics got acquired by Twitter and then Twitter sold it to Google. They had issues with scaling. Cross Crosslytics. Crosslytics. Cross Crashlytics. Crosslytics. Like yeah. my Greek accent. It's no, like, I just want to be. Good. I want to make sure it's good. Okay, fair enough. So you got out of that business. You got some good salaries, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You, you basically are saying you're good at getting customers without raising a ton of capital, which is great. So let me let me role play for a second. There's a lot of very rich people that listen to this podcast. Actually, many people have said, Nathan, I think you maybe have the wealthiest audience in the business space because it's basically a bunch of exited SaaS founders and investors. So if they're listening and they give you a million dollars, what are you going to do for them? How are you going to make them, you know, money back? Uh, so we are creating a fully diversified portfolio. We deploy option strategies, non-speculative, in order to hedge for market risk or to give them some additional returns. And they have full transparency in what we do, when we do it, and the reasons, uh, of course, behind it. They have the mobile app, the dashboard, one day liquidation. They can withdraw their money in one day. What do we, ha- we have exposure to, though? If I give you a million bucks, what typically are you going to give us exposure to? So only ETFs, uh, and it's everything. Commodities, energy, S&P 500, technology, real estate, bonds, municipal bonds. Like and why everything. is this better than me putting, you know, a million dollars in a, in a Vanguard S&P kind of index fund? Um, this is a very good uh, question. It's not actually better. Personally, I would put the money there. But if you want a better diversification, you should put your money in many, many, many eggs. Just putting it many, many baskets. Uh, just putting it in one fund as diversified as it can be, it, it still has a risk. You should even diversify between different ETF provi- providers. So what IRR are you targeting? 
Um, we try, we don't try to beat the market because we're not a hedge fund, uh, but this year, our year-to-date is 17%, obviously because the market is doing great. Not, pre, not pre, pre, pre-tax, obviously, right? Pre-tax, obviously. And yeah. we do post the tax harvesting, rebalancing, we do also all the standard stuff. Yeah, really interesting. Okay, very good. That's helpful to understand. So uh, doing about $270,000 a year today, uh, where were you last year? Do you remember? I don't remember at all. I don't remember. I, because, well, what was your AUM a year ago? Um, I think a year ago. I think we're like ten million, not eight million, eight million AUM. Okay, so you're doing like eighty eighty thousand dollars basically in that year. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Very good. Um, so that's good growth. So I mean, literally, the way that you see this scaling for you to get to a billion in AUM is you just literally cold calling your wealthy tech friends in San Francisco and LA and just keep bringing them in. I don't think we our target is not to go to a billion for the B two C product. Our goal is to use the B2B product to give the product to advisors and then keep growing. Actually, we're using it as a distribution channel instead of going to individuals. Yep. Interesting. All right. Very good. So talk to me real quick about churn. So any of these people, has anyone put money in with you and like they put a million in a year ago and now they only have 500,000 with you? Has anyone withdrawn money? No, no, it happens. Okay. So the only money you're paying out is the 17% interest or, or 17% returns. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not paying them out. They, just they roll it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very good. And are most of them giving you this money out of their kind of SEP IROs, so it's kind of tax deferred, or are they just giving you, you know, post-tax income? Post-tax income. Oh, really? Why, why wouldn't they not invest in you via their, their IRA or Roth? I think they like to select more the aggressive strategies that we have, and they want to put that strategy, that money there. Like, I think at that moment, they consider, as you know, something like a novelty, like, ah, oh, this is a machine learning uh, platform. I'm going to put some money there and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Okay, good. And it's probably too early to talk about CAC, right? You don't really have a defined go-to-market strategy, so CAC is irrelevant, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, very good. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, this is a bit, um, I actually have two. The one is called Masters of Doom, and it's how the uh, ID software that creators of Doom and Quake uh, started uh, their whole business, and it's like uh, eye-opening. And the other is uh, like a virgin from uh, Richard Branson, how he started the virgin brand. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, I want to say a little bit Bill Gates uh, because I love the way that he created Microsoft uh, and I'm following him on his newsletter, the books that he proposes. And I love the way that he created like a giant from almost nothing, like for just an idea. Yeah. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? Hmm, I think uh, Intercom. I have to go with Intercom. And number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Um, eight to nine. I'm like very religious about getting uh, like eight. And how, how old are you, John? How, sorry? How old are you? I'm 38. 38. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Married. Any kiddos? No, no, I'm working on it. I'm working, no, okay. <laughs> working on it. Very good. All right, last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, that money is not everything. Definitely, money is not everything. Yeah, try to have as much fun as you can and money will come at some point. point. Guys, there you have it. John, again, sold his first company after raising $100,000 to a larger company, Splunk, for call it around $17 million. They were doing about $16 million in ARR at the time, but the space was going through a lot of chaos. So we got it at the right time, got some nice salaries, nice insights into how to run a big, big company, then left in 2015 and launched Agent Risk to help wealthy individuals manage their money more effectively and more diversified and, quite frankly, safer. Today, they 
have 23 individuals and about, uh, what do you say, about $27 million in terms of AUM currently uh, as they look to scale this up to get, you know, $100 million, a billion, where economics obviously get better in this kind of fintech company. Burning $23,000 per month right now and a million dollars raised. Team of eight. John, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks. Thanks, Nathan.